Welcome in and thank you for joining us for another episode of SODFS brought to you by Sons of Dynasty and proud members of True North Fantasy Football. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Sons and subscribe to TNFF Network on YouTube so that you never miss a show with us. I am Dan. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Brown NFL. And here to my left is Nate. You can find him at Nate underscore FFL Friday night. Coming to the people live once again, they heading into the weekend. What's going on with you, man? How was your week? It's the Christmas season, bro. Uh, Matt has hooked us up with some very, very nice overlays. Uh, they're looking very sharp. Um, I'm excited to be here. I do want to give a quick shout out to um, all the students of Oxford High School in my uh, right next to my hometown there. Uh, there was an unfortunate tragedy um, as of recent, and um, I just want to send all my thoughts and prayers to the students and families of everybody involved down there. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, you hate hearing about stuff like that, and especially when it's that close to home. So our hearts do go out to all the families affected by those tragic events that unfolded. Yeah, 100%, man. Um, you know, kids shouldn't have to go to school in fear. So it's just, it's super, it's just, it's not something you want to see. And um, hopefully, hopefully things can turn around and get better. Yeah, but uh, I love uh, you mentioned these these layovers that Brother Matt has created. Big big hat tip to Brother Matt there. He he went all out, and uh, you know this is just one of many that he has created. And uh, I look forward to seeing the rest of them this evening and, and continuing on throughout the show, uh, throughout the rest of the season as well. Brother Matt has hooked it up for us. But let's move on into the accountability from last week's top five plays from SODFS. Uh, you know, a couple of injury bugs that ended up really hurrying us with CMC, who was priced at 9000 only ended up with three and a half points before he re-aggravated that ankle injury is now placed on IR and out for the season. Pour one out for all the CMC shares across all fantasy formats, uh, whether it be redraft dynasty or, or in our case, DFS this past weekend. Uh, Miles Sanders was another one who did get a bitten with the injury bug as well, suffered an ankle injury in the second half of Sunday's loss to the Giants. Managed to get 7.4 fantasy points and coming in at 5,100. Didn't totally tank your line, but it uh, wasn't good. Um, Noah Fant, 4,600, 5.7. Really uh, a dreadful day there for the Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater got a little banged up. Um, a little bit of a knee injury for him. Did end up playing through after Locke came in for a series. But uh, another, another miss there, but... Matt Stafford, 7,100, was one of our pay-up QB plays of the week, and he did end up completing 21 of 38 passes, 302 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception in that loss to the Packers. A little bit of garbage time there. Stafford was able to come through with a strong fantasy performance. Nate, anybody else uh, last week that really hurt you or or really came through for you in any of your lines that you want to mention before we get into this week's slate? Sunday wasn't really a great day for me. I know we talked throughout the day Sunday. I didn't have a great day Sunday, but that showdown slate on Sunday night, uh, we I definitely ended up winning some money there. So I was happy about that because Sunday, man, uh, it wasn't pretty, to be honest with you. Yeah, I found uh, this year and last year, those showdown slates, man, I just seem to have uh, – 
a little bit of a better draw with those showdown slates. Now breaking it down, getting into that single game action. And I'm once again, you know, I love finding those cheap guys. Uh, Noah Brown was it on the last showdown slate, uh, 600 for him. And I was plugging him in anywhere I could fit him in. And it's just a different puzzle, man. But I do enjoy those showdown slates. And, and I look forward to playing. Well, I need to play more of them on Sundays. You know, we get so locked into this main slate. Might even throw an entry in the, the early games only or an afternoon slate. Uh, but I, I feel like those showdown slates during the main slate are, are, are games that really aren't hit hard enough, don't get a ton of traffic. Maybe you can get a little bit more of an edge in some of those showdown slates versus the primetime ones, which everybody uh, and their grandmother seems to be playing these days. You're at, dude, you're absolutely right. That's a that's a such a good point, man. Because we could be making while everybody else is on these main slate Millie makers and all this crap, we could literally be over there playing these showdown slates on the main slate of Sunday. And there's money to be made because you're getting guys that aren't sharks, you know, they're not professionals. Uh, that's that's such a good point, man. Such a good point. And, and speaking of that, we're getting into the guppy season of DFS. You know, as as these uh, redraft leagues are starting to dwindle down, the playoffs are among them. Uh, there's there's people that are already out of contention for playoffs, and more to come in the coming weeks. And naturally, they're going to start looking to to itch that itch, and they're going to flood on over into the DFS market. So we're going to see an influx of, of of guppies here, swimming with with the rest of the fish. And you know, it's it's a ride that it, it can cause. Uh, ownership fluctuations throughout certain fields, but ultimately, you know, it, it's more action, it's more skin, and, and it's more fun for everybody. So, big weeks are ahead here for SODFS and, and daily fantasy sports in general. Yeah, I I, uh, I would agree one hundred percent. So we're gonna move along. I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump straight into it, man. We're gonna jump straight into our 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 uh, number one studs here. I like yours more than mine, and I'll explain that after you give your uh, take on it. But I'm going to go with Tom Brady, quarterback, uh, t- uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's 7,200. The over-under on the game is 51 points. That's the biggest thing for me, and it, it also is the biggest hindrance for me too because uh, this game could get out of hand, but we don't know for sure. So coming off a down week, Brady threw for just uh, – last week he threw for 226 yards, one touchdown in week 12. He completed 73.5% of his passes. For uh, That's good for 6.7 yards per attempt. Obviously, they have Leonard Fournette involved. He's healthy. He's strong. So they're going to have him you know, in the game. But um, right now, Brady is the NFL's highest. Uh, Brady and the Bucks are the highest scoring offense in the NFL. So, uh, you know, when they're facing the Atlanta defense, which is no offense, but they're not very good. And um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but. So, you know, obviously they're going to score points. The problem is, is if they get up big too quick, if Brady get, you know, if the Bucks get out in front, they're going to hand Leonard Fournette the ball even more. So, you know, you need to be cautious when playing this. But I also think that if they're going to get out front, they're going to have to do some damage. And if they're going to do some damage, they're going to be throwing it around. That's why Brady's my number one quarterback this week. He's my number one guy, even at 7,200. Um, I, I will say, again, the caveat, I do like your guy more for game script. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm right there with you. I actually like your guy. And when I got to looking at this slate as far as considering cash builds, really these are the only two quarterbacks that, that I really am, am – 
looking to have exposure to in my cash lineups. That's your Tom Brady and my Justin Herbert coming in at 6,700 this week. This past week, Herbert completed 28 of 44 pass attempts for 303 yards and two touchdowns, as well as two picks versus the Broncos. Right now, Herbert is averaging 39.9 pass attempts per game, which is top three in 2021. And he's also run for 126 yards on 13 carries in these past two outings after managing just 117 yards uh, and two rushing touchdowns on 30 carries through his first nine games. So we're starting to see that rushing floor of Justin Herbert really, really kind of prop up his, his uh, you know, his passing volume, which is, I mentioned, top three in the league right now. But furthermore, this Bengals defense features a top 10 highest rate of cover two thus far this year. And when facing cover two, Justin Herbert has averaged 0.38 fantasy points per drop back and 107.1 passer rating, which is the highest over the course of his two-year career. I like stacking him up this week with Keenan Allen, potentially either cash and GPP, or even Mike Dubs, who would, I'd probably lean towards more of just a GPP play. But I like Justin Herbert this week. Him and Brady, lock him into my cash builds this week. Yeah, for listeners out there, I will say that Herbert is probably the better play because the game script's going to be what you want. You're going to get the dual-threat quarterback. He's going to have the rushing upside. And you also have a game that's going to be much closer. So I'm going to roll with Dan. Honestly, if we're picking like one over the other, it's it's going to be Herbert over Brady. All right. Well, let's move on into running backs, man. I I mentioned before the show running backs this week. Uh, you know, you you can pretty much just throw a dart at the board and, and find a guy that I am interested in. You know, uh, I was working on a running back tier chart for this main slate. And just, you know, I couldn't fit it all on one page just because there's so many guys that I'm interested in. If I could play five or six running backs on this slate, I probably would because it seems like that's where all, all of the best pure value plays are stacking up to be. A lot of value has presented itself throughout injuries like guys like DeAndre Swift and, and others. And, and But there's just tons of running backs. So paying up is an option on this slate. Paying down, paying in between. You can pretty much get a running back wherever you need it at this point and with the, with this many options that that maybe we would even consider chalky plays any other given week it's going to help their, their self canalize one another and essentially you know i don't think any of them will have ownership getting out of control but i'm going to start with joe mixon our guy joe you know, Money Joe has been absolutely on fire this past month. And I don't think folks realize just how good he has been, averaging 24.5 touches per game and 27.5 fantasy points per game. This week, the Bengals are three-point favorites, and the Chargers are the ultimate run-funnel defense in 2021. The Chargers defense ranks second-worst in rushing fantasy points per game allowed to the running back position at 19.8, and they also rank fourth-worst in yards per carry at 4.64 yards per tote. I expect Mixon to keep that train rolling this week against this run-funnel defense the Chargers will present to them. Yeah, man, I like that a lot because a lot of Joe Burrow's success has come on the back of Joe Mixon because, you know, the defenses are looking for the Bengals to give the ball to Mixon, and they are. So I think that's an excellent play. Uh, the guy I'm looking at, and this is probably getting a bit repetitive at, at this point, is going to be 
The running back facing the Detroit Lions, my Detroit Lions. I hate beating up on them, but this week without Dalvin Cook, it's going to be Alexander Madison. Um, So Cook is expected to miss, uh, I think, multiple weeks at this point after his uh, shoulder injury last week. Without Cook in the past, Madison has handled a feature workload in his place. Um, Madison recorded 112 and 113 rushing yards on 51 carries in the two weeks um, that Cook was out prior to this injury. So you're basically what you're getting is you're getting Dalvin cook at a discounted price rate at 7,600. That's why I like him a lot. Uh, he also benefits against, um, uh, the, you know, facing the lions. They're a seven point favorite with a 47 point, uh, projected point total. So I think <clears throat> Madison's probably my priority play of the week. I know he's going to be highly owned. I'm really not too scared, you know, to dive, to dive into that because you know we, we you still want to play your studs you don't want to avoid everybody so i think i'm going to i'm going to have madison even in my gpps be he i guarantee you he's going to be probably one of the highest owned players on the slate he'll probably be 20 20 to 25% owned if i had to guess i'm not going to shy away from it but i do want to See, mention go ahead yep I don't think I don't think Madison will sniff you know uh, above twenty percent ownership just due to the fact that there are so many running backs that that are have favorable matchups. You know, you talk about Madison coming in at seventy six hundred. They actually did a decent job of pricing him up, knowing the Cook injury. You know, you got Eli Mitchell coming in at six thousand, James Conner fifty nine hundred, Miles Gaskin facing a a Danny Dimes less New York Giants coming in at fifty eight hundred, Antonio Gibson against the Washington or against Las Vegas Raiders at fifty seven hundred, and and his arch nemesis JD McKissick has is more than likely, I believe, been ruled out for this contest. If Antonio Gibson is, is going to be anywhere near uh, the, the usage that we've seen out of him, even with McKissick, you know, you take a couple of those targets, a couple of those opportunities that McKissick was seeing. Antonio Gibson might be one of my favorite running back plays of the week at this point. And at 5,700, I'm going to, it's going to be hard to keep him out of my lineups. Yeah. That's important that you brought him up and you make a good point too, because you know, there is a lot of running backs on this slate that could drive down the ownership of Alexander Madison. And hopefully that's the case um, because you're getting a running back in a prime spot here, that running back that's going to, he's going to get a hundred yards. Like if you can, if you can grab a guy that's going to like guarantee a hundred yards, that's golden, man. So I hope you're right. Um, it's going to be a very interesting week due to the injuries and, you know, the point in the season we're getting at uh, before we like we move on to wide receivers, I do want to mention Corderell Patterson. I do like your guy from Atlanta too a lot. He's seven grand, so he's priced up quite a bit. But um, you know, he's the only thing in that Atlanta offense that's doing literally anything besides Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan's even still like a uh he's a he's a week to week play, basically. You can lock Corderell Patterson in almost every week, as long as his price, you know, it's getting up there now. But if it doesn't go any higher, you've got a guy that's gonna get you points and He's a guy that you can play pretty much on a weekly basis, like I was saying. So I do like Corderell Patterson a lot. They're gonna they're gonna lean on him. You know, he's he's got that dual threat wide receiver running back uh, capability. That's a good dude to have in your lineup, man. 
All right, Nate, I promise we wouldn't talk about running backs for an entire hour, and here we are still in the high-priced ones. Uh, we have more to talk about, and we will get to them, but let's move on into the wide receiver position. And I'll start with my guy, Chris Godwin, who's kind of a letdown guy. He, he was a, a chalky guy this, this past week, and because of that, I pivoted to Mike Evans, who also ended up handing over a stinker as Leonard Fournette stole the show. But like we're buying back into Tom Brady, I'm buying back into Chris Godwin, at his price of 6600 you know, I'll take a little bit of a price dip and, and maybe go against the field here thinking this is a Leonard Fournette offense because they are wrong. This is still Tom Brady's offense, and I, I'm uh, – Every game that he has faced against my Atlanta Falcons since being a Bucks has been a top five quarterback for that that outing. And I expect the same thing again this week. And Chris Godwin is coming along for the ride. I believe he will be working against second rounder Richie Grant, who was a, a safety in college. Now it's converted and working more as a nickel cornerback. And Chris Godwin is actually just going to take this guy's lunch money and, and run away with it. Brady's going to hook up with him. I'm I'm going for somewhere right around one or eight, one fifteen, and two from my boy Godwin this week. That's a very good, solid call, especially considering the fact that I've got Brady as my quarterback. I don't think you can go wrong with Godwin. He's not going to have you know multiple weeks where he's just not doing very good. The Mike Evans injury is intriguing. Um, it's always, it's also always dangerous with Gronk because he's going to be Brady's favorite red zone target. So playing. I guess you're kind of volatile playing any of these Bucks receivers. You're kind of like rolling the dice, like who's going to get the touchdowns. But it's like, like we said earlier, it's the highest scoring offense in the NFL. So, you know, you can't go wrong with the piece of that. It's almost like playing one of the Cowboys guys. Uh, the guy that I like this week is going to be, it's kind of counterintuitive to what I said earlier, but it's Justin Jefferson. It's the wide receiver, number one wide receiver for the Vikings. So I, you know, I was big on Madison. So that kind of seems like, well, what is that all about? Because, uh, you know, Madison's going to get the touchdowns. But I think that, unfortunately, <laughs> these Vikings are going to beat up on my Lions quite a bit. So I'm not afraid to get a piece of the wide receiver core as well. Uh, the Lions are 28th in pass defense DVOA. Uh, the last time Jefferson faced them, he caught seven of eight targets for 124 yards. There's a good chance that happens again, more than likely. Over the past three games, he's received 9, 10, and 11 targets consecutively and gone for 83 yards 169 143 in a two touchdown game two weeks ago so the price is at 8200 you can get you can grab you can go grab we you were big advocates of cooper cup last week you know he was the highest price wide receiver he still is uh his price has dropped he's at 9k but you can grab jefferson 8200 so you're basically getting the same production at a little bit of a discounted price and that is why i like justin jefferson versus the lions this week yeah, I actually like that call as well. Um, you know, w earlier before the news broke and we were, we're going to start seeing all these uh, uh, values present themselves at the running back position, we did assume that, that Madison would really be the chalky running back of the play, even with a price up there in, in the 7,000-plus range. And so I was really looking forward to using that leverage against the field and, and – uh, imploring my Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson stacks there to, to take me to the Millie maker. Um, but if Madison doesn't see the ownership that, that we originally thought, I don't know that it'll be quite as much leverage against the field, but I still don't think there's going to be many people on captain Kirk this week. And I think he's got some pretty sneaky upside. He does. Uh, I always, I always 
uh, go to the Kirk Cousins. I always try to put my lineup, and I always just – I'm afraid of the upside, but I think the upside's there this week because they are playing the Lions. I really, really, really like that call. Let's talk tight ends, and I'm going back to the team with the highest team implied total of those – Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that is Rob Gronkowski, who we mentioned. And he's coming off of a 10-target game where he finished with seven catches on for 123 yards. Didn't get in the end zone like we typically do, but we, he saw some volume and had the yardage to boot. Um, as you mentioned, Gronkowski's an absolute force so long as him and Tom Brady are working together and against my Falcons. Since being healthy, Gronkowski is averaging 18.2 fantasy points per game, which would make him the tight end one over Travis Kelsey, who's averaging 16.9 fantasy points per game this season. Gronk has seen at least eight targets in four of his last five games. Gronk's a good call. Gronk's always a good call. And the price is still, you know, it was, I think it was, well, I want to say it was 4,400 last week. That's a lot cheaper. His price has jumped, but you're still getting a guy that's going to almost a guarantee, a guaranteed couple red zone targets. You cannot go wrong with Rob Gronkowski. It's an excellent call. The guy I'm looking at is George Kittle. It's kind of iffy uh, for me, even, you know, just looking at these top price tight ends. But, uh, you know, without Travis Kelsey this week, we in uh, Darren Waller is also hurt. So we're looking at a couple guys at the top that, you know, just aren't there. We can go to TJ Hawkinson. He's been inconsistent. I'm kind of afraid as much as I like him as a player to lean that way. But, uh, you know, I think this week Kittle should see a larger workload. Uh, he's uh, been, he's been, like I said, he's been inconsistent since his return in week nine, but he has uh, just six targets uh, over the last two weeks. Um, but the thing that's kind of intriguing me and pulling me into this is Debo Samuel's banged up. So that's a 30% of their, uh, the 49ers, uh, target share is up for grabs. You know, I don't know if Debo's going to miss. I we're we're really not sure what's going to happen at this point. But you you combine you know the thirty percent target share with the thirty two point two percent area yard share that's vacated. You got a potential shootout against the Seahawks if Russ can get back to his old ways and start playing like he used to because he hasn't lately. But I think uh, you can't go wrong with Kittle um, at fifty nine hundred. You know, we obviously like to pay down at tight end, so we'll probably. We'll probably go elsewhere, like when we do our most of our major builds. But I kind of like Gronk a lot more at fifty three hundred. But uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I actually do like Kittle this week. This is probably the one week thus far that I have seen Kittle as a potential target. With Debo Samuel being out, I think that uh, we could see a little bit more work for Kittle in the passing game. And Seattle does rank fourth worst in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game allowed to the tight end position. So I think paying up for for George Kittle in what could be an even more concentrated passing game there for San Fran might pay dividends over um let's see that is it for our pay up position there nate anybody else up there in the top tier pricing that you want to mention i just wanted to mention uh, i want to give a shout out to jacob gibbs he's probably one of the most underrated analysts in the industry literally and this is no joke jacob gibbs over at ja gibbs 20 uh, underscore 23 he does work for Sportsline and uh cbs this dude is like on fire he's got kittle ranked as the sixth um most involved tight end behind guys uh, from last week behind guys like Evan Ingram, Dalton Schultz, Tyler Higby. But the point is go follow Jacob Gibbs. He is freaking phenomenal, man. This, this guy is no one talks about him, but he is awesome. 
Uh, and before we get into bargains, I do want to mention a new partner to the show. It's going to be Trophy Smack. So it's going to be our bargain section is going to be powered by Trophy Smack this week. So I want you guys to all, you know, we're getting ready for the fantasy football playoffs in our season long leagues. And even though this is a DFS show, we're all in season long. We're all in season long leagues. Think back to every fantasy week. You destroy the competition. I literally care about my home league more than I care about anything in the world. So every time I beat like one of my best friends, I'm stoked. Remember every painstaking roster move where you made the perfect gamble at trophy smack. They bottle every great moment of your fantasy life and then distill it into great and extraordinary fantasy trophies, awards, and losers trophies too. So you can still get the toilet seat for the guy that finishes last. Uh, but you can put a unique and custom unique and customizable fantasy trophy to represent your hard earned victory plus a championship ring with the promo code SODFS. So if you go there now, you order that trophy for your season finish, you can get a free ring with the promo code SODFS at trophysmack.com. Hell yeah, Nate. Well, with that, let's move on into our Trophy Smack bargain plays of the week, starting at the quarterback position. Nate, who are you rolling with? Who's your bargain quarterback here on the week 13 main slate? So my guy is going to be Taylor Heineke. On FanDuel, he's not a bargain. He's 7,100 on FanDuel. Uh, on DraftKings, it's he's 5,600. It's going to be Taylor Heineke of the Washington football team. Uh, you guys all know I love my dual threat quarterbacks. I love guys that are going to scramble. I love guys that are going to run and throw and stuff like that. Basically, what happened was Heineke put up a mon uh, not a monster week, but he put up a pretty solid week last week, but he got no salary adjustment. Washington enters this week as a 2.5 underdogs to the Las Vegas uh, Raiders with a projected point total of 49 and a half points. So, you know, Heineke's going to have to do work with everything he's going to have to throw. He's going to have to run. He's been serv serviceable this year. He's completing 66.2% of his passes for 7.3 yards per attempt. And he also, you know, provides that rushing floor that we like at 27.6 rushing yards per game. So while he doesn't, you know, bring the name recognition of guys like Tom Brady or, you know, uh, Matthew Stafford, those guys at the top, you're getting a guy that should be priced up. DraftKings has mispriced this. So you're going to want to lock Heineke in your lineups. Uh, at 5,600, he's just too cheap at this point. He should be at least probably, I don't know, Dan, probably what, six, uh, 6.2 or something like that is kind of what I'm yeah. guessing. But I think yeah, at least another $400, $500 on top of that. You're still getting a guy that's producing at a ridiculous rate. And the Raiders have also allowed 20 points to their quarter, to the opposing quarterbacks in every, in all but one game this year. So. I don't know how Heineke is not a lock. He'll be in my lineups. The, you know, the problem is like the stacking things. You almost have to run him naked because Terry McLaurin's a great, he's a very talented player, but, uh, you know, he's also inconsistent. So if you're going to lock Heineke in, it's kind of hard. You know, you got to find if you're going to stack him, like, what do you do at that point? Yeah, I'm actually going to the other side of the ball, staying with that game with Derek Carr coming in at 6,000 over under on that game at 49. So just below the there, there's not very many games there at the 50 or above threshold, just one or two this week. So 49 is good enough for me and cars look great at times this season, but the consist the consistency has been an issue at times, especially through the loss of head coach John Gruden, the rugs in incident that has this team has kind of struggled to find its 
its identity and, and its current playmakers, especially with now, I believe, tight end Darren Waller, who I believe has been ruled out, if not doubtful, this week. Um, you know, so so Carr's going to have to look to some other weapons. Luckily, he's got security blanket, Hunter Renfro, and tight end punt play of the week, uh, who we'll mention later on in the show in Foster Moreau, also there at his beck and call. I, I think Derek Carr is going to go pretty low owned on this slate, and I think he's he's got the potential there to put up points. As we've seen, that the key to his his success this year is him being able to throw for three hundred plus yards. Because when they've done that, they the Raiders are six and zero when Derek Carr throws for three hundred plus, and when he fails to reach that three hundred mark, the Raiders are zero and five. So. I think if the Raiders want to have any hope of beating Washington, they need to do it on the back of Derek Carr and him putting up 300-plus through the air on a very beautiful defense in, in this Washington football team that ranks 25th in passing yards allowed and 31st in passing touchdowns. I like that call quite a bit because, you know, uh, Waller, as far as I can see, is still doubtful, which means he's probably not going to play. So we're we'll get into Foster Moreau later, but Carr is they're gonna have to throw at this. I think this game, the the point total is forty nine. I think it's gonna be a really fun game to watch. So I definitely do not mind the Derek Carr call. Uh, the running back though, we're gonna move on to the running backs. The running back I want to mention is a guy I've kind of leaned on earlier in the season. It's gonna be Daryl Henderson of the Los Angeles Rams. I I feel like anytime I can get a a piece of this Rams offense, it's pretty much solid. I know they've struggled a little bit over the last three weeks. They're not quite the team they used to be, but um, coming out of the bye, Henderson resumed uh, his usual workload at the Rams. He had 16 carries for 55 yards and caught all four of his targets for another 18 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the week prior to that, Henderson only saw nine touches uh, in the game. Bef- you know, the game before, I believe it was against Green Bay. Yeah, it was against the Packers. So the Rams are still refining their groove. Um, I don't think they're back up to normal speed, but I think you can expect, you know, double digit touches this week and uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars with a point total where the Rams are 12 and a half point favorites. I think Henderson is going to feast. This Jags defense has actually looked a lot better than they probably should have and probably should be at this point in the season under Urban Meyer. But uh, I'm still going to lean on Henderson this week. I like him at 6,100. I think the price is fair. I think the point total is good. And I think you can get at least a solid, you know, 15 to 20 points. So, you know, why not at 6,100? I think he's going to hit value at that price. I will say, however, I do like your guy more. And Daryl Henderson, I just want to note, is considered still questionable at this time. He was practicing back again today in limited fashion, yeah. but is still considered questionable. If for whatever reason he is unable to go, we want to highlight Sony Michelle coming in at 4,300. If he were to step in and inherit this Rams backfield this week with this current matchup, I think he would instantly become one of the best values uh, on a a running back slate that is already currently flooded with value. But that is something to monitor. If Henderson does end up not playing in this game, Sony Michelle would be a straight smash at the running back position position with at, at a tag of 4300 this week uh, that's that's a great point yeah i know i think henderson plays i think i don't think he's limited to limited too much so um but again i do really 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 like elijah mitchell more 
And we can talk about Elijah Mitchell coming in at 6,000. There are a lot of running backs right there in that range, and I like this one. This past week, Elijah Mitchell earned a 70% snap share and handled 92% of the backfield opportunities, scoring a season-high 27.8 fantasy points. Seattle is currently giving up the second most opportunity or the second most schedule-adjusted fantasy points per game to opposing running backs this season, as well as giving up the most receiving fantasy points per game to the running back position and coming off a week where Mitchell recorded 86% of the running back targets a season high with six in which in week 12 this matchup is one of my favorite at the position this week and his price is too low given the current usage I think it's more of the inconsistency that we've seen with him when he's getting the you know the 12 plus fantasy points per game or or is he down low there at, at the six or seven so uh, you know I, I think he is a, a guy that's not going to be very highly owned just with with all the the talent around the running back position and the value that has presented itself this week so Elijah Mitchell is, is a guy that I am interested in given the matchup and, and how poor Seattle's offense has looked really just kind of feeds into it Seattle is facing 70 plus game uh, uh, offensive plays a game their defense is facing and I think Elijah Mitchell is good for 25 plus touches this week against Seattle yeah, you literally nailed it. Uh, it's a combination of two things. It's Seattle's defense not being really too great, even though they used to be really pretty much, uh, you know, a consistent defense. And then you've got, uh, you know, the 49ers backfield where Elijah Mitchell is really uh, immersed uh, as a great running back. And I know you drafted him everywhere in our season-long leagues. You know, we're in a lot of leagues together. You were high on this guy coming into the year. It's really cool for you to see him coming through and showing his talent in a backfield that was supposed to be muddied and watered and just, you know, something you didn't want to target. But I'm definitely in and on Elijah Mitchell this week against the Seahawks. This is a, this is a pretty solid play. Uh, the guy I'm going to talk about next. You got something? No, I was going to say, you go ahead and let's move on into our wide receiver position. Yeah. Uh, so the guy I'm going to talk about is Odell Beckham. We don't know if he's going to play. It's still, uh, very much up in the air as in terms of what's going to happen. He, his back did look uh, rather tender uh, last week, but um, if Odo Beckham does play, I want all the pieces of this Rams offense I can get. It's Rams Jags. Uh, Odo Beckham is 5,500. I think his price is going to continue to increase over the next few weeks. So uh, basically if Beckham plays, you know, it's, this is going to be something you're going to want to follow all the way into Sunday morning because you're going to want to, you know, follow guys like Adam Schefter uh, or Ian Rappaport because he could be you, – you're going to want to know if he looks healthy, if he looks okay to go. If he does go at 5,500, I think I'm going to play him. Uh, he saw a target line last week of 5 for 81 and a touchdown, 19.1 DK points. I'm, I'm, this is a really iffy play because basically we don't know how he feels, but um, you know, the Rams current projected point total is going to be 30.3 points. So let's see how Beckham feels going into the weekend. Uh, I I'm a big Van Jefferson fan. Uh, Cooper cup is obviously Matthew Stafford's guy. And so therefore, if you know the opposing defense is just locking in on cup, it's going to open up opportunities for guys like Van Jefferson and Odell Beckham. So we just kind of got to roll with this into the weekend and see what happens. 
And if for whatever reason OBJ does end up getting ruled out, Van Jefferson is the easy pivot there at 5,300 just below him. So, you know, feel free to keep keep monitor of the situation. But whether it's OBJ or Van, both guys are in play for me this week. And uh, if one was to get ruled out in OBJ, it would just give Van that much more momentum heading into the week. Uh, I'm going to talk about a guy who I expect to be one of the chalkier wide receivers of the week, and that is after the loss of Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. This is going to pan out as one of the chalkier plays, as I mentioned, because of the Debo Samuel news, who I believe is indeed going to miss and has been ruled out. He leaves behind 8.4 targets per game. That's a 29% target share, and we can certainly expect Ayuk to soak up a piece of that pie this week. Ayuk has seen six. 6.9 targets per game since coming out of Shanahan's doghouse. And last year, Ayuk averaged 9.8 targets per game and 17.3 fantasy points per game in the four games that he played without Debo Samuel during the second half of that season. So I think it's a no-brainer. Brandon Ayuk, especially at that price tag of 5,600, is a great wide receiver play this week. And I expect him to be one of the highest owned wide receivers on this main slate. I feel like this is a solid cash play because without uh, Debo Samuel, I mean, you're basically looking at some pretty high ownership, like you said. So, but this is a this is a really solid, 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 solid play. Well, and at this point, you know, we might as well be in on Jimmy G as well and get us a full San Fran stack because, you know, Debo Samuel leaving, you know, it opens up a, a couple more rushing opportunities for our guy, Elijah Mitchell. It opens up a couple of more targets and red zone looks for George Kittle and, and Brandon Ayuk. So uh, the loss of Debo Samuel does not go unnoticed, and that goes for the rest of the weapons there in San Fran. And Jimmy G's a serviceable DFS quarterback. He's not getting you, you know, 30 points, but he's getting you every week, 17 to 25. That's not really bad. Is it, you know, his, his usual price tag of like mid 5K, you know, that's that's not bad at all. Let's talk tight ends, Nate, and tell me about the muth. <laughs> I love this dude. Uh, I was high, uh, just as high as you were coming in the season on Elijah Mitchell. I was this high on Pat Fryermuth. He is my value tight end of the week. He is 4,200. Uh, I love this guy because he is a red zone monster. And Eric Ebron, his competition in Pittsburgh, is not good. I watched him in Detroit. Trust me, he's no good. Fryermuth has scored a touchdown in four of his last five games. However, he hasn't exceeded 45 yards receiving over that span. Uh, so, you know, you're not getting the yardage, but you're getting, you know, the red zone targets. Big Ben's looking to Pat Fryermuth in the end zone and that's you know for dk that's good at 4200 it's 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 not a hard it's not hard for me to convince you to play fryer at 4200 when he's getting all the red zone looks yeah no absolutely he's been on a tear and has really inserted himself as the tight end one there for whatever passing game the the steelers do have currently um Another tight end I'll talk about is CJ Uzama coming in at 3,200 against these Chargers. He's a true high ceiling, low floor play as he's been the overall tight end one twice this year. But we also have seen him, uh, you know, kind of disappear at times, including these last four games where he hasn't uh, managed to reach the end zone. But uh, this week he does have a matchup with the Chargers, and uh, the Chargers have given up five touchdowns to tight ends in their last three weeks, and they are 
giving up a league-high .9 touchdowns per game to the tight end position. I think this is a C.J. Uzoma get-right game in a game that I think will be one of the more popular games there with, with the pieces, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, Chase Higgins, and, and Herbert and company there. I think C.J. Uzoma could go a little bit under the radar, find a way to, to attach yourself to what might be one of the more popular games, but with an unpopular player like C.J. Uzama, uh, I, I do like him this week. That's a solid call, man. And if he's going to get right, it's going to be this week. I mean, it, it has to be this week. There, if there's a week to play C.J. Uzama, it's going to be this week. I, I honestly just scrolled down in our show notes and hit the uh, our punt guys. So we're going to move on into our punts. And I just see our dance punt quarterback, none other than Tyrod. My guy is yeah. going to be Tyrod Taylor. He's 5,300. We love these dual threat guys. Uh, if they're going to rush and they're going to throw, we want to play them. And at 5,300, Dan's damn right because there's nobody else really intriguing around this number. The punt plays this week at quarterback are nasty. Like, we really don't want any of them. I mean, Tyrod's a pretty fair play, though. Colts rank third uh, in rush defense DVOA. So the Texans offense is obviously going to skew towards the pass. And uh, another factor is, is, is that the Texans are eighth, eight point underdogs at home. So they're going to have to throw. So Tyrod, like if, if, if the Texans are going to win this game, it's going to be in Tyrod's hands. He's going to have to throw. He's going to have to run. Uh, it's going to be basically, can he make it happen? Since returning from injury, Tyrod has attempted 24, 26, and 43 passes. He's exceeded 200 yards passing only once, which is worrisome. But then again, you know, he's got that, he's got them legs, so he's going to run the ball too. He's gone for 16.3, 19.08 uh, DK points in the last two games. And, the you know, the price at 5,300 is pretty fair. There's not a lot of punt options this week at quarterback. If you're going to punt, it's got to be Tyrod. I have no idea who else it could possibly be. Yeah, no, I, I literally strolled down through those guys, and there was just none that I there's would nothing. actually feel. If I don't feel good about recommending them, I would just assume tell you there's not one. I, I mentioned those top two guys uh, that, that I'm really interested in as far as especially cash goes and, and GPP. You could convince me of anybody, but nobody that I really feel great about. They're below that 5,500 threshold there. So let's move on into the running backs. Nate, tell me about your guy, Boston Scott, coming in at 4,600 this week. The biggest reason I'm recommending Boston Scott is because the Jets' uh, defense against the run is ranked 31st against the rush defense, uh, the rush DVOA. I'm not a big Boston Scott guy. Uh, I don't know how much talent he's really got, but you know the Eagles are six and a half point favorites this week on the road. Game script should be favorable for Boston Scott to put in some work, as you mentioned at the top of the show. Miles Sanders is a little bit banged up once again. You know they're gonna they're gonna lean on Jalen Hurts' legs uh, and you know the passing game quite a bit, but they're also gonna have to hand it off some, maybe because I remember if that was probably three or four weeks ago they handed it off like less than ten times. So this is a viable play, but uh, without Boston Scott, uh, without Miles Sanders, I should say, um, Boston Scott has played forty six and thirty three percent of the snaps. Um, he uh, he rushed 15 times for 64 yards and a touchdown last week. He received three rushes and one target in the red zone um, also last week. So I, I'm not a big fan of this play. I, you know, it's it's something where – but, you know, when you get in these large field GPPs, we've seen against the Eagles-Lions uh, Eagles game a few weeks ago where, you know, 
the Eagles backup running backs just went off. So if you're playing a large field GPP, you can gamble on Boston Scott. You're going to have something that you got to have something that's going to set you apart from the field. If you're playing a big tournament, Boston Scott might be your guy at 4,600. Yeah, I think uh, those Eagles should be able to run all over those uh, Jets this week, as people send, t- tend to do on a weekly basis. I'm going to talk about my guy, not truly a, a punt guy, but there's just enough running back guys that are extreme values this week that, that I had to use this opportunity to mention another one, and that is a Detroit Lion, your neck of the woods, Jamal Williams coming in at 5,400 this week. This past week, DeAndre Swift exited with the shoulder injury in the first quarter, and Williams went on to handle his largest workload of the season he rushed 15 times for six for 65 yards while securing all five of his targets for 18 yards swift has been ruled out officially now and williams should get the lion's share of this backfield against a vikings team that ranks 30th in rushing yards allowed per game the vikings are promoting the 10th most fantasy points per game to the running back position at 25.1 and Detroit's backfield has been responsible for 29.3 fantasy points per game this season, making them the third highest scoring backfield in fantasy football. The usage should be there. The price tag is low. Give me Jamal Williams this week. Jamal Williams is a very serviceable running back. Uh, just from watching him now, even before he came to Detroit, I watched him against Detroit. He's a, he's he can catch he can catch footballs. He can run the football. I would say it's still a pump play because the Lions' offense right now is so not good, man. It's so trash with Jared Goff under center. So it's still I would still consider this a punt, even at the price tag. But then again, like I just mentioned, with these large field GPPs, you're gonna want a guy that no one else is on. I think Jamal Williams is gonna be very low owned, and I think this is. Pretty solid uh, lock for, you know, if you're in a Millie maker or something. Let's move on into the wide receivers here. And I'm going to start with a guy, uh, LaVisca Chenault. We talked about him a little bit last week and the opportunity that has come up given the injuries to Dan Arnold and Jamal Agnew. And and what the result was is uh, LaVisca was 53 of 73 snaps on offense, 41 of those came in the slot, 10 out wide, and two in the backfield, 36 routes run on 45 of Trevor Lawrence's dropbacks, and ended up with nine targets for a 21.4% share. The usage is trending in the right direction for LaVisca Chanel. Ultimately, I just think it's these Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence that can't really produce much of anything on offense. They pretty much, uh, you can just bet for them to hit their team implied total under uh, on a weekly basis because they pretty much do it uh, I think averaging somewhere around 17 points per game and that's just not conducive for fantasy relevance so I'm kind of shying a little bit on LaVisca there's guys I like cheaper another Detroit Lion that I even like more is Josh Reynolds a true punt play at the wide receiver position he's only played two games for the Lions but in those games he's run a route on 90% of Detroit's dropbacks and has earned a 17% target share uh, a true punt play josh reynolds i don't mind him at 3400 this has got to be the punt play of the week literally josh reynolds is absolutely perfect i don't know why i did not think of him especially being a lions fan but you fucking killed it there man because josh reynolds at 3400 is absolutely got to be in your lineups jared goff and him have a connection from their time with the rams you've nailed this absolutely a 100 percent 
I will, however, mention my guy. It's going to be Rondale Moore. He's he's a little bit more expensive than I'd like at 4,700. Basically, what we like here is the target share because the efficiency is not has not been great. Rondale Moore, however, has seen uh, he got 11 targets last week. So basically, at 4,700, you know you got this uh, the Kyler Murray offense. Uh, Rondale Moore, he's gonna you know you're rolling the dice. Uh, I'm not, I, I think Josh Reynolds is by far, by far the best, the best punt option you can have at wide receiver. You've killed that. So you've pretty much killed my Rondale Moore speech there. All right. Well then move it on into tight end. Cause you have the tight end punt play of the week lined up. I actually, I, I came into the show sheet and I was like, I'm just going to go with Foster Moreau. I typed his name out, typed up the price, the matchup. And then I scrolled down and there you already had him plugged in. So I had to dig a little bit deeper. So go ahead and kick us off with Foster Moreau coming in at a very reasonable 2,700 tag this week. You're, you're not alone, buddy, because everybody else is going to be on Foster Moreau, too. Before we even dive into this, I will say that Foster Moreau will has a great chance at being the most highly owned player on the main slate on DraftKings this weekend. He's 2,700. He's for the Raiders. They're playing the Washington football team. Waller is obviously unlikely to miss after his knee injury on Thanksgiving. Uh, so in the one game without Waller this year, Moreau – Played every down, literally every down, secured all six of his targets for 60 yards and a touchdown. Derek Carr is going to lead on his tight end. Without Waller there, he's still going to look for Moreau. He's obviously still going to look for, uh, oh, I can't even think of the guy's name now. Uh, Hunter Renfro. Renfro. Renfro, yeah, he's going to look for them. The short yardage targets are going to go to Renfro and Moreau. So, you know, for cash, this is a lock. For GPP, you may even want to differentiate and lean away from Murrow because if he has a bad game, you can set yourself apart from the field. Uh, the Raiders are two and a half point favorites. Uh, it's a 49 and a half point projected point total. I do like Murrow, but I think I think this is more of a cash play at this point because I think you're going to see like I th- I really think you're going to see a, like a 30 percent uh, ownership thing going into the weekend. I really do. Yeah, as I mentioned, I had to dig a little bit deeper. So I'm down here in in the bottom of the barrel here at 2,500. And shout out to Coach Craig there in the comments uh, and and referencing his Houston Texans. I'm going with uh, Brevin Jordan. This past week, Jordan caught three of three targets for 23 yards and a touchdown in a 21-14 loss to the Jets. Deep dynasty alert here. Brevin Jordan actually played on 60% of the Texans snaps in week. Week 12, which was a season high, and he made his NFL debut back in week eight. So, you know, Brevin Jordan is on the rise here, a, a prospect that, that many of us were talking about this offseason, ended up with an opportunity in Houston and, and still has an opportunity there with really only Brandon Cooks there deserving any respect as far as the receiving core goes. So 2,500 against this indie defense that, that we expect to be leading the way most of this game. Uh, I think you could do worse uh, than than him at that price tag, though. Let's get into our DSTs real quick, Nate, before we talk to our friends at Surfshark and move on into our lineup build. Uh, who do you like as a uh, DST this week, a, a sneaky one maybe? Not, not a lot, man. I got into the DSTs this week, and I was like, oh, this is all crap. The team I'm going to go with, though, if you're, if you're looking for – so we're always – 
I will recommend to anybody that's new to the show that's listening, uh, you're going to want to pay down for tight end don't or for DST. Do not pay $4,000 for your DST. You're going to want to go under the 3K mark. The team I'm looking at is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals DST. As I mentioned, I'm not crazy about any of these guys, but uh, you know, the metrics for the, the Bengals DST are a little bit intriguing. They rank 19th in past defense DVOA, 19th in adjusted sack rate. Uh, they put up they have put up double-digit DraftKings fantasy points in three games a season, uh, with two of the most recent games um, being both double-digit. So they've held five teams to under 20 points and racked up 30 sacks. So while there's not a lot of intriguing options, I feel like if you're going to be rolling the dice and you know you're going to want to look for them cheaper teams, it's either going to be my team, the Bengals, or the team you're about to mention, Dan. Yeah, like you, I, I struggled to find a real cheap DST that I wanted to attach my name to this week. So I ended up just plugging in what I consider to be the most chalky DST play of the week, and that is the Miami Dolphins, who were already going to be a great play just based off of what we've seen. They've been 15-plus points, three out of their last four games now, and, and now they have what is probably one of the best matchups in the New York Giants. But wait, there's more. Danny Dimes will not be playing. It'll be journeyman backup Mike Glennon, and these Giants just can't seem to get anything right. And this Miami defense has has proved itself the last few weeks. I think this is almost a slam dunk for TST. I might just set the Dolphins in there and forget about it, even if it does end up being the chalk. That's not a bad bet. Uh, even with Daniel Jones, I don't think that's a bad bet at all. Uh, but moving on, we are going to jump into our ad read with our and one of our newest partners of the show, we have a few new partners, uh, but one of the ones we're most excited about is our friends at Surfshark. Sons of DFS is thrilled to announce our newest partnership with Surfshark VPN. Surfshark VPN is our hero product, bringing humanized privacy, security, and access. It is the fastest growing VPN on the market and currently sits at number three globally and brand searches. They provide all cell phone, tablet, laptop, and CPU users with unbeatable VPN security for all devices. So you might be asking yourself, what is a VPN? Let me fill you in. A VPN is a virtual private network. It is basically security for your phone, tablet, or CPU, especially if you're sharing connections between the servers. It's like creating a secret communication channel nobody can snoop on. And with apps like Surfshark, it's also very easy to do. The best reason to use a VPN is simple, security online. You do not want to leave your digital breadcrumbs that connect all of your online activities everywhere. With a VPN, you'll hide your IP address, like your home address, but for the internet, mask your activities from your internet service provider and more. And furthermore, there are a lot of great shows on Netflix that are no longer available in the U.S. Well, with Surfshark, you can still watch shows like The Office in the States. For a limited time, Surfshark is offering 83% off and three months for free during their Black Friday sale. Head over to Surfshark.com while you still can save some money, keep you and your family safe, and relive all the best Michael Scott moments that you want. That's surfshark.com to get a premium VPN service at a fraction of the cost. 
All right. A uh, couple of injury notes here. We, we talked about OBJ watch. Uh, another one I meant, wanted to mention, you know, we talk about the value presenting itself at the running back position. Melvin Gordon is officially doubtful at this time. Javante Williams season is finally here. It took till week 13 for it to really come to fruition. But, you know, I think we can maybe celebrate at this point. And, and, and he's a value as well there at the running back position. So uh, I, I think that none of these running backs are going to really have – uh, a crazy amount of ownership just based on the the sheer depth at the position. I mean, if, if we look at this here at the, at the running back position, you got Jonathan Taylor up top, 9,200, in an absolute smash spot against Houston. And, and what do we expect him to do? Smash, but you got to pay up for it, 9,200. You jump down one tier here to Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon. Both of those guys have been on an absolute tear and and, and still having that true workhorse role. And those are just the priced up guys. But I think none of those guys will see crazy ownership at, either this weekend. You can maybe get some leverage on the field that that way as well. Najee Harris kind of feels more like a pass to me this week. Um, yeah. Madison there at 7,600. There's just so much value there at the running back <laughs> position. Down here with Elijah Mitchell, James Conner, Miles Gaskin, Antonio Gibson, who I mentioned is my favorite play. Nate, I usually let you kick it off, but as of right now, I mentioned Antonio Gibson and my love for him. He is going to be our first player on the board with this build, and I'll let you steer us any direction you want from there. Uh, but Antonio Gibson, lock him into our lineup at 5,700 this week. That's literally the, the exact route I was going to go. I was going to say Antonio Gibson, and this could be a letdown week too. That's what's scary is that he could – he's honestly the type of guy that's due to let us down. But in uh, DFS, we can't – you know, we can't play them numbers. Uh, give me Madison at 76. I want to save a little bit of money at the running back position, and I want to see what Gibson and Madison brings us. Okay. Well, those are, you know, the, we, we essentially, I think, went mid range with the running back pricing there. Gibson, yeah. who's a, a value, and Madison, who, who is priced up appropriately, but still a very strong play on a running back rich slate. It'll be interesting to see what the ownership is on those two in particular. Um, but I, I really love that running back core to start a build this week. What position do we want to attack next? I think we need to think about our quarterback position. Yeah, we have to go quarterback. Uh, I got to jump over. Oh, man. Um, how are you feeling? I think oh, uh, the pricing so tricky. How do you feel about Heineke at 56? I don't, I don't mind that. Who are, you, who are you thinking we might bring along with him, or do you like him naked this week? It's got to be Logan Thomas or nobody, man. It's either Logan Thomas or naked. So that's the tough part about Heineke. But he does have that, you know, that dual threat ability. Let's plug in Logan Thomas. His his price point's not too bad there at the 4K range. 4K, yeah. And, and come on down here to Heineke and see where that goes. And then at this point, I want to go to the DST position. And oh, got a little too carried away there. Who do, who do we want as our chief guy? I mean, we're covered up with Washington at this point. We got Heineke, Gibson, and Thomas. I, I don't know. I, I'm oh, gonna yeah. I'm going to back off that. the Heineke, Thomas. Yeah, and we're, we're in on Gibson. Those, the correlation there, uh, while a GPP stack that, that might not see many other like it, the correlation there, we're just, we're just rolling too many dice there. I did so not once think about again, that. Let's go back to the quarterback position again. Um 
Jimmy what G. You, I mean, I, we could do a Jimmy G up. Kittle. I, I, I want to pay up, but at the same time, I know whether that's going to leave us there at the wide receiver position. And wide receiver is not nearly as fruitful this week as the running back position is. Part of me says maybe we should build this the other way around, get our quarterbacks and our wide receivers. As I mentioned, there's running back value littered across the board. Um, but you know we could go about this many ways. We'll stick with our running backs that we have, and let's let's lock in a quarterback. Let's pick between the two that we have and did write-ups on here, and Herbert being the cheaper one, we will go that route. The question is, Nate, is who do you want to bring with him? Uh, it's not going to be Mike Williams. <laughs> He's too inconsistent so, for me. I almost would so rather Keenan, roll the dice with like Derek Carr and Foster Moreau, but the ownership's going to be pretty ridiculous. So that's kind of uh, not good. I don't. I don't mind that as another way to get, to get our stack and keep it cheap and lock in the 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 Foster Moreau uh, cash play. Yeah, I, th I think I think we almost have to go that route because we still have some really good studs that we're going to want to fit in, like you know, as we move on. So I think we almost have to do this. I think I don't think Carl will be too highly. And I think Moreau is going to be kind of ridiculous, though. But you know, you can still play your, you know, your studs. You can still play them. I'm going to plug in the Jets defense for right now. It's one of the cheaper ones that's up for consideration just due to the fact that Jalen Hurts is still officially questionable at this time. If he were to miss this game, it would be the Gardner Minshew show, who we can mention would actually potentially be a, a value at the stone minimum of 4,000, I believe, on DK. If he gets the start at 4,000, uh, you know, I, I might have a GPP lineup with Gardner Minshew, but for right now, to keep it cheap, let's plug in the Jets there at, at 2,500, and we can always work our way up. I just want to take a look at this wide receiver position now and know that we're sitting there at the 63-plus mark there for our remaining positions. Um, anybody in particular that you want to add to our player pool here? I kind of like Jalen Waddle. How do you feel about Jalen Waddle? He's 6,400. Uh, we didn't mention him on the show, but uh, he's definitely coming around. Paired up with uh, Tua, uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm just coming around on on Waddle quite a bit, but his price is getting up there too. What is the status on? The let's see, Waddle's in play. Parker is he coming off of IR? Thirty nine. Yeah, that I don't know. Let's go ahead and plug in Waddle there. And then we are going to go back. We're still and looking at an average salary of 6,300, uh, 6, so that's pretty good. And the, the cheapest wide receiver that I feel uber confident in this week is Brandon Ayuk. So let's go oh, yeah, plug, let's do that. plug him in there at 5,600. And that leaves us 67.5 per uh, That's let's nice. go to the let's go to the flex. Yeah, that is nice. That's a little a little something. All right, so I mean, you're talking Deontay Johnson, Mike Evans, boom boom. You're talking DK Metcalf, uh, Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin, Marquise Hollywood Brown, Cordero Patterson. I don't want any. Uh, I don't want any DK Metcalf to be honest with you right now. I'm just it's too volatile, and I don't want any part of that right now. 
I understand. And just what we've seen out of Russell Wilson lately has just been absolutely terrible. He's, and he, I, his hand is still hurt. He's playing very hurt. And I, but I just want to say you're probably going to get DK Metcalf at, at three, you know, sub sub three percent on this slate, which could be advantageous. But it's just such a hard pill to swallow selecting Russell Wilson. But it's one of those afternoon games too. I love having afternoon pieces. So do I. So do I. It's it's so much so much better, and and there's really not many uh, games in, in this afternoon. You know, you got your Baltimore Pittsburgh. Uh, the Rams in Jacksonville, Las Vegas, Washington. So we have we have some great afternoon exposure right now with Las Vegas and Washington, Gibson, Carr, uh, Moreau. Yeah, so I just we, I don't think I got some decent. I don't think Russell Wilson's hand is uh, is anywhere near even seventy five percent. I just I I feel for the guy. So yeah, you know we're looking at tight end or uh, the. The wide receiver in the flex position, sixty-seven hundred. Man, there's a lot ask, of intrigue here. I am totally sold but, on like half these dudes. Lots of weeks, uh, Nate. I, I like to plug a wide receiver into my flex position. This is a week that I'm I'm going to be hard pressed not to plug an additional running back into my flex position. I mean, we talked about the value that's there. I mean, just look at it at this point instead of spending, you know, 6700 on a, a wide receiver and 6800 on another wide receiver. You know, we plug in a guy like uh let's see Let's not even go that far down. Let's go with Eli Mitchell, who we talked about that that yes. we like. Okay. Yes. Well, now we have seventy five hundred remaining there for the wide receiver position, and that gives us Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Adam Thielen. I, I think yeah. I, I think I like Keenan Allen. In, it's got to be Keenan that, Allen in that matchup. Be. Yeah, that I mean, that that uh, Chargers Bengals game. I think is going to be more competitive than we thought. You know, the Bengals Steelers game was going to be a week ago. I love Keenan Allen here. I think this is uh, excellent, and I think his ownership's not going to be outrageous at all. Yeah. So right, right there, you have you have the lineup: Derek Carr, six thousand; Antonio Gibson, SODFS play of the week, fifty seven hundred; yes. Madison, seventy six hundred; Waddle, sixty four hundred; Iuke. 5,600, Keenan Allen, 7,500, Foster Moreau, 2,700, and Eli Mitchell, 6,000 there in the flex, rocking the three running backs. And, uh, you know, we could we could come down off of Keenan Allen if there was a guy that we liked just under him and potentially bring our DST up. But for now, I'm going to just leave that and lock it in there as we are starting to run lengthy on time and uh, we can – uh, move forward and start closing out the show, Nate. That that this is a fun slate, though, man. It's I'm telling you, it's all that running back love. There it is really just a a fun a uh, fun way to break down the slate. There's so many different ways you can go, and depending on what you do with those running backs, really allows you to do something different there at the wide receiver position and potentially pay up with with the value that's presented itself there at the running back position. Yeah, normally this time of year, you know, you get this season gets to the point where DraftKings algorithms are catching up. Uh, you're not finding the values, but this is a very interesting slate. I'm actually very, very excited to play this weekend. This is pretty, uh, pretty exciting to be honest with you. 
Yeah, hopefully uh, we can get it together this weekend and end up uh, cashing out some some checks. Uh, anything else that you want to uh, touch base on as far as this main slate goes before we start getting out of here? Uh, I think I think we covered pretty much the basics. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Brother Matt, as always. Uh, we always mention this is a three-man show. Nothing has changed. This is still very much a three-man show. Without Brother Matt, uh, this show would just be boring and bland. Uh, Brother Matt adds all the spice to the show. We love his uh, overlays this week. Thank you for the Christmas graphics, Brother Matt. Thank you for putting in the time, you know, during the week. Thank you for doing everything you do. We definitely love and appreciate you, bud. Yeah, much love, Brother Matt. These layovers are absolutely amazing, and and everything you do for SODFS behind the scenes really comes to light each and every Friday night, so we appreciate you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do want to also give a shout-out to um, our partners. We got quite a few at this point. I'm going to start with Trophy Smack. We mentioned it at the beginning of our bargains uh, segment there. Trophy Smack uh, has partnered up with us. They're offering uh, the free championship ring. If you use our promo code SODFS, when you order your championship trophy and or loser's trophy for the person in your league. So, again, you can use the promo code SODFS to, uh, at Surfshark.com to get yourself a free championship ring. And they're very, very nice. I can say I have seen them. They're beautiful. Yeah, once again, make sure you are following us uh, at, at Dynasty Sons on Twitter, following Brother Matt at Dynasty Dude. That's at DY underscore Nasty Dude. Follow True North FFB at True North FFB on Twitter. And Nate, our uh, article for top five plays this week, it will be up probably, what, tomorrow? Sometime. Uh, it should be up tomorrow sometime. Uh it's a very, very hectic and crazy week for me. Anybody that's watching from my work knows it is inventory week. We have outside sources coming in and counting. Uh, so it's it's a little bit of a it's gonna be a little bit of a late publish, but we'll get it out there. Well, big shout out to our friends at Viridian Global, Run the Sims, Surfshark, and Trophy Smack. Appreciate each and every one of you that did tune in tonight via YouTube or whether you're listening to this the next day via podcast. Appreciate you guys coming back each and every week as we take you through the NFL main slate for week 13 this week and every week here thereafter. Uh, it's been quite a ride this far, and we are enjoying it more and more each and every week. Really appreciate y'all tuning in and the participation on a weekly uh, level. It, it really does go a long way. So appreciate all of you guys who did tune in. Nate, uh, it, was, it was a pleasure hanging out with you on a Friday night, man, and I'm sure we'll be talking all weekend long. We will be talking. Uh, I also want to thank everybody that uh, consistently is there for us, uh, watching, commenting, uh, talking to us on Twitter. Thank you, guys. You guys are the reason we are still here. So big shout out to all of you, and uh, let's win some money this weekend. Uh, Brother Matt and Dan, I love you both. Much love to everybody out there. S-O-D-F-S is for entertainment only and to add value to your sports experience. We give you our advice and strategy that we will employ ourselves. S-O-D-F-S is not intended for those under the age of 18. Legiri. Legiri.